0: Hey y'all, it's Mel and you're listening to The Rough Draft TV, where we talk about faith, purpose, work, and wellness. As a part of The Rough Draft Collective, we are committed to the holistic growth of millennial men and women. And each week we'll discuss how to redefine history with our everyday story. Enjoy the show! Hey guys, it's Mel. Thank you for listening to my rough draft podcast. And as I stated last week, for those of you who may not have heard, we are currently in our last series of the year. And although I'm really sad about it, I'm really excited to finish off the year with the bang. We are currently talking about the lessons that we've learned over the past nine years. And I think it's super important to highlight our wins, to highlight some of the lessons that we've learned. Regarding Regardless if we learned the easy way or the hard way, who you are today is not who you were nine, 10 years ago. And so we need to be able to take the time to celebrate our wins, to celebrate how far we've come in order to move forward, right? And so if you did not listen to last week's episode, I want you to do that first before you start listening to me and my story. Last week, I gave you guys the homework of writing down the top 10 lessons that you've learned in regards to faith, work, your purpose. So that you can be inspired by your own story And so if you haven't done that, go and do that and then come back and listen to me But for those who did do their homework, let's go ahead and get started with today's show so today i'm going to be talking about the top 10 lessons that i've learned in regards to work and business so i'm going to be talking about some of the lessons that i've learned as i've worked different jobs and as far as growing my career over the last decade and i'm also going to talk about what the lessons that i've learned mostly the hard way of starting a business and so i hope that some of the lessons that i've learned can help you and that you can learn from some of the mistakes that i've made so I wanna first start with career development and some of the lessons that I've learned through working different jobs and actually starting and building my career. And so to kind of give a really quick story of my career progress <laughs> so I've had a job pretty much since my 10th or 11th grade um, in high school and so I've always had a job I worked all throughout college all throughout grad school I've never honestly gone more than a few months without working I've worked multiple jobs um, I've had jobs that I did like didn't like some that were seemed meaningless and then um, you know I've also had very purpose-filled jobs that I feel aligned to my purpose and so I've had a wide wide spectrum of jobs. <laughs> And thankfully, I've always been in good standing with my jobs. I've had the opportunity to never be fired and I have always done very well in annual reviews. I've always received the highest ratings. And so career development is something that I'm super passionate about. It's something that I'm blessed to say that I've been very successful in. And so I hope that my lessons will be able to help those of you who want to grow in your career in 2020. So jumping right in, number one is when you are job searching, you have to understand that it takes time and intentionality. You cannot halfway apply to anything, but you must follow up on everything. When interviewing, you need to make sure that you do your homework and always come with questions. And instead of just applying on Indeed, LinkedIn, those online sites, try finding companies in your field and do cold emailing or cold networking if it's possible. And so, that's kind of, I know that's like a lot, but that's like three tips in one. But essentially when you're job searching, you want to go the extra mile. So I know, listen, I know what it is like to really be in a position where you need to find a new job and you're not getting feedback from the ones that you really like. And so you go on Indeed, you go on ZipRecruiter and you just start aimlessly applying to different jobs. I've been there, I've done it. And I'm telling you, stop doing it. (laughs) Stop doing it because you are, wasting your time. And then we get mad. I know we take job searching very personal and I get it. Um, But then we get upset when we're not getting any feedback, but we're just aimlessly applying to jobs, not giving any thought to our resume and cover letter. We're using the same resume for every single job that we apply to. And we can't do that in 2020 anymore in 2020. So if you've been doing that, we're going to have to put it into it today. (laughs) Um, But no, really, um, I I get it. and, And you want to find something new and it's hard when you're not getting any feedback, but you have to be very intentional about the jobs that you apply to. You need to make sure that the resume that you have is specifically tailored to that job. You need to make sure that your cover letter is specifically tailored to that job. You want to show in the cover letter that you know the company, and you know their history, and you know how your, how your expertise would benefit that role in the company. And so you can't do that by just aimlessly applying. Uh, clicking apply right you have to be intentional about the jobs that you apply to and even when it comes to applying to linkedin and indeed and monster i'll be honest with you every single job offer that i've received has not come from those online sites i've spent hours upon hours upon hours, again, trying to be intentional about the jobs that I apply to on there only to get maybe a phone interview or, you know, a couple of times I did get an in-person interview, but only to find that it wasn't the right fit. And so a tip that I recommend when job searching is to find companies that are in the field or in the industry that you want to work for and apply to those company apply to those jobs directly on the company site. Every job that I've gotten has been from either directly applying online, or by dropping my resume and cover letter off in person um, to a recruiter or to the office if it was a smaller company, right. And so that's been my personal success. I do know people that have gotten jobs from online sites, you know, the Indeed and LinkedIn, and there are some really good niche sites that are specifically tailored to like a a specific industry that I think are good. But we have to understand that when we apply to Indeed and LinkedIn, we are competing with thousands of applications. And so again, if we're just aimlessly applying, there's nothing that's gonna make us stand out from those thousands of applicants, right? And honestly, what i found is that most, a lot of times once the job is posted on Indeed or LinkedIn or one of those major sites, they've already started either their interviewing process or they've already begun it kind of like on an from an internal perspective before they even allow it to get to Indeed and LinkedIn and all of those kind of larger sites. And so um, you wanna make sure that you are applying directly to the company, do your research, it is gonna take longer, but I promise you, you will have more results. I've also had a lot of success in attending in-person job fairs that were again, relevant to my industry. I've had success where I've actually been offered um, several being given several offers, thankfully, from, you know, being able to present myself well at a job fair and being able to, you know, again, do my research and show my interest in the companies that I wanted to work for. And I got multiple interviews on the spot that would then turn into job offers. And so the more in-person contact you can have, the better, again, the closer you can get to that company by applying directly to that company website, by getting a contact within that company, by having some. One that you can put um, when you're applying to their job site as like you were referred by them, the closer you can get in the better. And so I personally recommend to spend your time doing your research, seeing who works for that company who you could possibly connect with versus aimlessly applying on those online search engines. And I'm actually going to probably begin 2020 or if not begin that series, but sometime early in 2020, I'm gonna actually do a series on. Job searching because I know a lot of you in the end of your survey said that you wanted to learn about you know career development and that's a lot of you guys' focus for next year. So I'm gonna do a whole series on that. But that was just the main tip that I've learned over the past nine years. Um, and also when it comes into job searching, another tip that comes to mind is that when interviewing, you always want to make sure that you come with hard questions. A lot of times we're so happy to just to get in the room. That when the interviewer asks, you know, do you have any questions? You're like, oh no, you know, I'm just so happy to get this job. And that is not what you want to do. You want to ask tough questions to one, show that you are interested in the job, but to also see if it's a good fit for you. Um, so you want to ask, you know, what is the typical, you know, day look like for this role? How has this role evolved in the past? How has the company evolved in the past five years? What is the five year strategic vision for the company and for the department and how does this role play a, how does this role play a factor into the vision for this company? Um, You want to ask, what are some of the challenges that this department has faced? You want to ask those tough questions because again, it shows that you are interested and you are already invested into being a productive asset to that department or to that company. And so you want to always do your homework and ask specific questions. And so, yeah, those would be my kind of my top Tips or lessons that I've learned over the past nine to 10 years. Um, Again, I want to go into like salary negotiation and stuff like that, but I think I'll hold off until next year's um, job search series. So you have to stay tuned for that. But moving on to those of you who are in your current job and you want to know how you can maximize it in 2020, I did a prior episode on what to do when you're underemployed and how to maximize that when you're underemployed. So if you haven't already, go listen to that episode. But some of the top lessons that I've learned um, from being in jobs that I like is that one, I can never allow work relationships to keep me from the bigger picture. I always have to remain neutral. And so I would be in in companies that were great companies and I would work for a great department. But I would honestly feel guilty when it was when I was wanting to advance. I would feel guilty because I had a really good relationship with my boss. I had become friends with my coworkers, and I was like, I don't want to move. You know, because I've gotten comfortable here and I don't want to step on any toes if I tell my boss that I want to move up or that I'm looking for something else, and that honestly stunted my growth. And so, you have to make sure that you always remain neutral, that you keep your professional goals in front of you, and that you are not allowing your workplace friendships to get in the way of your goals. And that even goes to workplace drama, you do not get caught up in that workplace drama, you keep it professional at all times. Don't let any anyone get you caught up in email and email wars or y'all are going back and forth in email no 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 <laughs> always keep it professional no matter what and always keep your professional goals in front of you regardless of the relationships that you have with other people so the next thing that I would say I learned over the past decade is that I have to do due diligence to make people remember me and always and I have to remember to always go the extra mile when it comes to sending thank you letters follow up emails when it comes to working with different departments, especially you have to make people remember you because you'll literally never know when you need them, right? What does that look like? So if I were in a meeting and someone presented to us, I will always send a follow-up email. Hey, you know, thank you for coming to to speak to us today. I was really intrigued by your conversation about X, Y, and Z. I hope that we can connect, you know, on a future project and, you know, and I look forward to working with you in the future something like that. But I will always make sure that people remember that I was in the room Um, if even if I would have lunch with someone you know I'm always send a follow-up email hey it was a great time you know working with you on this project or meeting with you at this lunch and I look forward to you know let me know how I can help you in the future you know just just those small thank-you letters those small follow-up emails go a long way because most people are not doing it and so you want to always make sure that you make people remember you when you are working with other departments always make make sure that you go the extra mile for them because you never know something could go faulty in your department and you need to be able to utilize your network right and so you always want to make sure that you go the extra mile when you're working with other people especially so that's something that I've learned over the past decade so the last tip that I would have as far as career development is you want to always keep a work journal and keep track of the things that you do so a good rule of thumb when you go into any job is to assess the current state, that's the project management in me coming out, but you always want to assess how the department and how the job was before you got there. So you want to be able to identify the deficiencies, you want to be able to identify kind of the holdups or the things that that stop the progress, and then once you get into that role and you start to better the department, you start to become effective in that role, then you need to start highlighting the, the changes that you've made since you got into that role. And so what I do is at the end of the week, I always keep a, keep a tally of the things that I've accomplished. So if I help someone with a project, if I was able to make a deadline, if I was able to beat a deadline, then I always make note of that because then when it comes time for your review, I can say, Oh, I increased productivity by 20% by doing X, Y, and Z. Oh, I improved employee morale by um, contributing X, Y, and Z to the department. And so you you don't just need that even for your annual review, but even if you were to go on to another job, when you are, when you are writing out your resume, you always want to be able to show the numbers of how you brought value to that role or how you brought value to that company. And so that's an easy way to always keep track of the work and the good things that you are doing for your team. And so, yeah, that would be my last tip or lesson that I've learned. Honestly, the hard way, because again, sometimes people, your your boss may not see every single thing that you do. And, and sometimes when you're at the end of the year or you're trying to move into another role and you're not able to easily write out or easily present the success and the results that you've brought, um, it can be difficult. And so you want to make sure that you do, do your due diligence to promote yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. So those are the top five tips. Again, I really want to go deep, but I For sake of time, I have to move. So let's talk about those of you who want to either start a business or you want to maintain or build a business that you already have. So again, kind of give a brief overview of my history within the past decade. Um, 10 years ago, I was not even thinking about starting a business. I was not on my radar at all. I was committed to having the best nine to five career. I wanted to become a doctor. And so that's what I wanted to do 10 years ago. And so I didn't necessarily, my father owned his own construction company and and was self-employed and did his own work but other than that I wasn't necessarily in like a super entrepreneurial you know family or upbringing or Environment, and so you know, ten years ago, I was focused on being the best doctor that I could be, and no business was ever in mind. So, fast forward to probably the last probably five years, I started getting interested in project management, and I went and eventually would get an MBA in project management. Aside from my nine to five, and aside from the rough draft, um, I also have my kind of freelance consulting project management gig where I help people bring their vision to life essentially so people who want to start a business people who want to start or launch new products or services within their business people who want to you know just launch different projects within their business or start a business I pretty much help them bring that dream to life and help them implement out a plan and so that's kind of the overview of where I've been able to do that for other businesses but then also of course on my own I started you know a blog in 2017 and would move to monetize it in 2018 And I also, again, started a freelance um, writing and project management business in 2018 as well. So I say that to say that some of these tips I have learned um, mostly from helping other people and the success that I've been able to bring to other people. And there are also some things that I've had to learn the hard way of starting on my own. And sometimes, honestly, it can just be hard taking your own advice if we're being real. So but yeah, so let's jump in with that. So one of the things that I've learned when it comes to starting a business is that you have to build the proper system and routine up front and so again when you have the big vision you just want to get to the launch right but a lot of times we we plan for the launch and we don't plan for how we're actually going to be able to maintain the vision and so one thing that I do when I help clients is that when we when we set out a plan and we start saying okay this is what we're going to do to launch this project or to launch this business then I make sure before we even start working on the launch part, I make sure that we have the proper systems in place that we have Policies and procedures for every single thing that we're going to incorporate in that business. Because what will happen is then you'll launch a business, it'll start to grow, and you can't handle the growth. You'll do everything up until launch, but then you have no schedule in place to be able to maintain it. Ask me how I know from personal experience. And so, a lot of times, we want to do a bunch of things, but we can't always maintain everything. And so, it's important that you build the proper system that you go ahead and set up your schedule um, and your routine up front that way you can plan accordingly as far as what you can manage at launch and what you need to wait on as you grow and so that's kind of like the number one tip because the thing is is that organization is the key to consistency and again I I know this from (laughs) helping other people it's a little hard to implement it for myself but you have to stay organized if you want to be able to be consistent and so yeah that would be the first tip. The second thing that I would recommend is that you have to sometimes separate in order to be original. And I talked a little bit about this in the episode where I was like, how you, how do you hear God's voice for your business? But sometimes again, when, if you're a Christian and you acknowledge God as the source of your life, then any business, any plan, any part of your purpose comes from him because he created you with the purpose, right? And so some, Sometimes when we are so like hustle driven and we're trying to move and grind and do all these things and we become disconnected to the source, we wonder why we're no longer getting inspired. We wonder why we can no longer come up with ideas. And it's because we disconnected from our source. And so sometimes you have to separate yourself from the day to day and have moments where you seek God on your business. You really should be seeking God on your business daily. You should be praying daily for your business and for the people that are. Connected to it, but you have to always be intentional about separating. Because what I personally find is that when I take time to step away and seek God for my business on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and even when I take specific times out within the month or within the year to solely um, seek Him for my business, then I'm able to get all this kind of pouring or, or into as to what he wants me to do. But when I don't do that and I'm grinding and hustling, then I'm tempted to then try to copy what other people are doing or try to recycle what I've seen done. Because again, what are what are your eyes currently seeing? What are you currently feeding your mind? If you're currently feeding your mind, Instagram and influencers on social media, or, you know, again, none of that stuff is bad, but you have to have a balance because if you're we're not careful, we'll constantly be feeding ourselves with other people's visions and other people's ideas and we won't be able to rightly discern what's for us to do and so sometimes I've learned personally that I've had to separate sometimes in order to be original and that's honestly why I chose to stop you know this season within this last series so that I personally can have time to separate and make sure that what I'm doing is God's vision for the rough draft so you have to separate in order to be original third thing is that you have to keep it simple and only use the tools that you need when it comes to not only starting, but when it also comes to maintaining a business, you have to keep it simple when it comes to the tools that you use. And when possible, you need to use ready-made templates and ready-made tools if you're not exactly like super tech savvy or a web designer or a graphic designer and so what do I mean by that me personally when I started beauty in the rough draft I probably invested a couple thousand dollars into you know all of these stock stock photo subscriptions into all of these subscriptions that I thought that I needed to start that I really didn't need and I found myself having to cancel a lot of that stuff and it was a lot of wasted money because half of those things I really didn't even need and so am I saying that Starting a business is not going to require an an investment. No, you're going to have to invest something, but you have to be smart about your investments. Do your research. Just because people are telling you that that's what you need does not necessarily mean that you need it. So for example, you need to launch a website for your business and you may be thinking, well, I need to hire a web designer. And maybe you do. I'm not saying that you should not hire a web designer. If you can afford it, then go for it. But me personally, I was trying to save up for a web design and in order to just get started I went literally on Etsy and got a template that had step-by-step instructions and I always get compliments on my websites <laughs> and I'm telling you those things come from templates that I have used from Etsy that cost less than $100 and they've worked just fine and so am I saying that you shouldn't invest in the web designer to start off that's not what I'm saying again you have to decide what works for you and that's something that I assessment that I do with my clients is that we assess, okay, how much needs to go into actually launching? Where do we need to invest more in? And where can we kind of start off with free or cheaper options? And so you want to invest Invest smart is really what I'm trying to say. And so that's something that I've learned is that use ready-made tools and templates when starting out if you can, and then you can always enlarge you as you grow. But Again, things always change. And so I just want you to be careful with putting a whole lot of investment up front when that vision can definitely change within a year or two, as it did with me. So another tip that I have is that you have to allow the big picture to inspire you while also not allowing it to deter you. A transparent moment for me, I guess, when I and I think I've talked about this in prior episodes, but when I started Beauty in the Rough Drive, again, I never really thought of it about being a Blog. Um, I have always written out a very strategic vision and what I have for the rough draft. Even as the name has changed, even as I've grown it into more than just a blog, the vision for it has always been a really big vision, right? And sometimes I feel like I, I personally have gotten caught up over the last couple of years. I've gotten caught up in allowing that big vision to deter me from starting small, or I've allowed that big vision to to negate the small beginnings and the. Small small accomplishments that I've had. And so you always want to keep the big picture in front of you, but you have to learn not to despise small beginnings. And what I would find is that I would write this really big vision and I would literally get anxiety because I'm like, I don't have the resources for that. I can't do that. Um, and so I ended up not doing anything, or I ended up tearing it down and, and shutting it down. We have to keep the vision in front of us without allowing it to define where we start. And so um, that's a quick tip that I have, because, again, I've learned that the hard way and I know what it's like to see the big picture, but you don't have the resources to get there. You don't know how you're going to get there. But again, start with what you have. I've had so much success, even with the Rough Drive Collective launching this year. You know, I have this big vision on where I want it to go, even when it came down to launch. Um, you know, I wanted to do the podcast. I wanted to do the blog. I wanted to still do the newsletter and. You know, and it's not to say that I didn't have the time to do that, but the podcast is what you guys have really been liking. And so I feel like God has wanted me to really just focus on this podcast and then we'll add more to it as it comes. But if I allowed that big vision of, oh, I'm not doing all of these things to deter me, then I wouldn't have been consistent with this one thing that you guys have been loving um, with the podcast. And so again, you want to find something that you can be consistent and always be the, always keep the big picture in front of you, but find something that you can be consistent in even if it's something small right so those would be the tips that I have um the last lesson I would say that I've learned that kind of ties this all together and it's cliche people have probably said it but I'm gonna say it again is that you can do both you can do both you can go to school and work I've done it and I honestly personally people may not agree but I recommend going to school and working because you may get education all the education and degrees and certifications in the world but experience is king experience is what's going to get you in the door and so you can go to school and go to work at the same time you can have a a successful nine to five and have a successful business at the same time don't let anyone tell you what you cannot do Um, one thing that I've learned is that you never know how much you can handle until you actually get into it people always ask me how do I manage my nine to five which is very (laughs) I say nine to five, but it's really like a nine to nine because it's very demanding. But people always ask, how do I manage my nine to nine and, you know, all the responsibilities that I have outside of work and, you know, managing potentially two businesses at the same time. And I'm like, I just threw myself into it and God gave me the grace for it. And God will give you the grace for the things that he's called you to do, especially if you are a single, um, you know, millennial or regardless of your age, honestly if you're single and like me, then you have a lot of time to be able to really delve into all the things that God has called you to do. And I've made a lot of mistakes when it comes to my career and business. Again, I, as I mentioned, I've started and stopped. I've not been consistent and I have a long way to go, honestly. But the thing about it is, is that because I am single, <laughs> you know, I don't have any mouths to feed. I can start and stop. I can fail and try again. And and this, and that's what you can do. That's the beautiful thing about having a relationship with God. Is if you ever fall, if you ever are moving towards the wrong direction, He will always change your direction. But then He'll make everything work for your good. And so, if you haven't had the the highest or the best success in your career, this will be a learning. This last decade will be a learning lesson for you, and you'll be able to use it to help someone else. And so, I just want to encourage you that you can do both. You can do it all. It may May not all be on the big scale you may just need to start out with small things a day but even if you're working at 9 to 5 and you take 30 minutes out of your day to devote to something that you're passionate about or to devote towards a business even if you're working at 9 to 5 but you really want to move into a different career for a career field taking the 30 minutes to take courses and to get a certification to go that extra step um, just maximize your time I guess I would say because you you literally would be surprised how much you can get done in a day um, and how how far you can go. And so, yeah, those are the the top tips, top 10 lessons that I have learned over the past decade when it comes to work and business. Again, I really am going to hit work and business really heavy going 2020. And I'm really excited to hopefully soon announce some of the resources that I'm gonna have available for those of you who do want to grow in your career in 2020. So be on the lookout for that. But other than that, yeah, Um, let me know on Instagram or email me and let me know some of the lessons that you've learned in regards to your work your career and your business over the last decade I would love to share them on our social media at the rough draft collective so yeah I hope y'all have a great week and I will see y'all for part three um, where we will talk about the top 10 lessons that I've learned in regards to faith and purpose next week so I'll see y'all then bye Thanks for joining us this week on The Rough Draft Podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theroughdraftcollective.com, where you can subscribe to this show and iTunes so you'll never miss a show. And you can also follow us on social media at The Rough Draft Collective on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, all of that. So if you love this show, please, please, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Check out our latest ebook called Unfinished Business. Learn how to get back on track to God's purposes for your everyday life. Thank y'all so much for listening and I'll see y'all next week. Bye.